Hello, this is another quiet talk from Dan Jones at St. Michael's in Colony, New York. It's good to have you listening out there. I'm calling this talk today, The Human Touch. This is the seventh talk in a series on the Bible. The church today has neglected the teaching and wisdom of God's Word, and sadly, we are paying the consequences. I hope these talks will inspire you to search the Scriptures and hear God's beautiful voice there. He wants to speak to you. The church from the beginning has claimed that the Bible is inspired by God. When I was ordained, it was required that I declare before the assembled congregation, quote, that I do believe the Holy Scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be the Word of God, unquote. I had no hesitation in making that statement, and I believe it today as much or more than ever in my life. I have spent my life with the Bible, and I have never been disappointed by it and have never been tempted to set it aside. One of the striking things about the Bible, especially when we are considering this issue of divine inspiration, is that it has human fingerprints all over it. And in a way that I want to show you, those fingerprints underscore its origin with Almighty God. The fact is, God works through intermediaries. He is a social God who wants others to be a part of His work. God is not a loner. His very Trinitarian nature reveals this. In the Old Testament especially, we see God working through angels. There's a lot of mystery connected with the angels. There is no record of when they were created as there is with humanity. They're just there. Almost every culture in the history of humanity has believed that there are invisible spiritual beings who affect our lives here on earth. The Bible, I believe, gives us an accurate account of these beings. The Old Testament has various terms that refer to angels. They're sometimes called the sons of God, as in Job, when God finally answers Job out of the whirlwind, asking, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Notice the angels are also called stars. There are also some interesting allusions to what's called the heavenly council in the Old Testament. The most notable is probably from this book we just quoted, Job. After introducing this man who was destined to suffer so much, the scene changes, and we're told that on a certain day the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Discussion ensued, which sets the table for what happens to poor Job. In another place, a prophet named Micaiah is standing before King Ahab of Israel, and he says, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing beside him on his right hand and on his left. 
Again, God enters into discussion with this council of angels and ends up sending one of them to bring about the defeat of Ahab, who was a wicked king. Now, this council of angels does not advise God. He doesn't need any advice. It's more in the way of instruction and training for the angels. Think of a college seminar. Paul, in the New Testament, in Ephesians 3.10, says that through the church, the rich wisdom of God is made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. Speaking of the work of the angels, there is an intriguing verse at the end of Stephen's sermon in Acts 7, where he indicts his audience by saying, you received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Hebrews chapter 2 has a similar expression referring to the reliability of the message declared by angels, which finally brings us to our topic. While angels were involved in some way in delivering the law, the Bible as we know it came through the work of human beings. Peter says it like this in 2 Peter 1.21, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Men spoke as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Paul says in 2 Timothy 2 Timothy 3.16, that all Scripture is inspired or breathed out by God. But as we study the Bible closely, we can see that this does not mean that God simply dictated the words of Scripture to those who wrote it down. He spoke through their humanness, through their personalities. This is further compelling evidence that God loves to work through intermediaries. In inspiring the Bible, he joyfully allowed the uniqueness of each human author to shine through. Let me cite just a couple of examples. In 1 Corinthians, Paul is addressing the party spirit that had invaded that congregation. They were dividing up into camps based on who their favorite preacher was. Paul emphasizes to them that he had not come to them in order to make disciples for himself, but for Christ. To prove this, he reminds them that he had personally baptized only a handful of those who were members of that church. He says in chapter 1, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. Then parenthetically, it says, I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. Notice how Paul had to correct himself after he wrote that he only baptized two of the Corinthians. Now, I'm sure that the Holy Spirit knew exactly how many individuals Paul personally baptized in Corinth. And if he were dictating the letter to Paul, we would not expect to read this instant memory correction but it's there. It's there because God works through human beings. And the Bible has this kind of human fingerprints all over it. 
Our modern concept of scientific pinpoint accuracy was not shared by ancient people. This doesn't mean the Bible isn't true. It just means that God used people to convey it to us. The message of the Bible is clear. It is Jesus Christ to whom it gives an unequivocal witness, a witness that he is the Son of God who came into the world through the womb of a virgin, who lived an entirely sinless life, who died a sacrificial death on a Roman cross, who rose from the dead on the third day, and who is coming back to earth one day to judge the world in righteousness. Bible students have agonized for a long time over the small differences in the accounts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke of the same events in the ministry of Jesus. They call this the synoptic problem. Those three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are called the synoptic gospels, a word that means seen together, since they cover much of the same territory. Actually, however, these little differences enhance the reliability of the accounts. In a court of law, if several witnesses testify to an event in exactly the same words and detail, their testimony is thrown out because the exact sameness of their testimony is evidence of collusion. In other words, they got together beforehand and agreed on the story. When different people give individual accounts of an event, they will invariably differ in details. That's human nature. Different things stand out to different people. So the small differences in the accounts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke show that they didn't get together and agree on their story. They told the story of Jesus independently. And because of this, the church has been greatly enriched. What does all this mean for us? Well, first of all, I've offered these thoughts to help you better understand the Bible. But beyond that, We should be greatly encouraged by this idea of God working through intermediaries. That means he can work through you, as imperfect as you are and as imperfect as I am. Paul said, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. I love that verse. It has provided me with untold inspiration as I have tried in my life to preach the Word of God. He does mighty things through the very least of all. There was a preacher years ago from down south who said something along these lines that has stuck with me and encouraged me. He said, God often uses people that I don't approve of. God spoke through Moses, who was a murderer. He spoke through David, who was an adulterer and a murderer. He spoke through Elijah, who after a great victory, ran away and became downright suicidal. God spoke through Peter, who in the greatest crisis denied that he even knew Jesus. And God spoke through Paul, who had viciously persecuted the church. My friend, God can speak through you. You don't have to be a pastor for God to speak through you. Just immerse yourself in the Word of God. Ask Him to help you to apply it to your life. 
Let God's thoughts become your thoughts, and then watch Him open up opportunities for you to share with others. I started out today talking about angels. The Greek word for angel means messenger. You too can be an angel, a human angel, or messenger for God. There is no greater calling in this world. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the precious word of God. I thank you that you use fallible, sinful human beings to do your work, to share your message, Lord. And I thank you that you can even use somebody like me, who is very, very fallible and very sinful. And you can use those listening to my voice right now, Lord God. Help us to dig into God's word, to memorize it, to love it, to read it, to meditate on it, and to, to let it become a part of our souls, Lord God. I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please contact me if you so desire at father.danjones at outlook.com. That's my email address, and I love to hear from you. God bless you.